really, there's no rush. I, yeah. I think we we always put a timeline to ourselves because we're 26, yeah. close to the 30. Yes. We're 36, close to the 40. You know, oh, so yeah. it's a it's a mindset, right? Mm. Um, and it's same. We all have one lifespan, and eventually, 24 hours, 24 hours. So. It's really up to you. It, and it doesn't mean that if you don't discover it now, you're a failure. You're listening to Foodie Canteen Season 2. I'm your host, Castle Lim. In this podcast, I sit down with Southeast Asia's leaders, entrepreneurs, and content creators in the FMB space. This is where you will learn about their trade secrets, or maybe you'll just find them as your next door neighbor. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodies who want to connect to the world through food, they curate the best spots to eat and drink in Malaysia, Bangkok, and Singapore. Check them out on Instagram for more. My guest today went into corporate because she never wanted to become an entrepreneur. Years later, she is now the co-founder and director of La Juiceria Superfoods, the healthy eating empire that is revolutionizing healthy consumption in busy urban lifestyles. With 10 outlets in the Klang Valley, Annabelle's story is one of a dedicated mother, driven entrepreneur, and the passionate mentor most women need today. Working for big uh, corporate brands allows you to have an experience that, you know, a typical SME can't afford to risk and do all these kinds of risky moves. So there were a lot of things that I learned and mostly I worked in tech. So after graduation, worked in a bank at first and eventually moved to tech. I worked for HP. I worked for Nokia at the high days of Nokia mobile phones. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Malaysia, I worked for Microsoft. So Working for tech giants was uh, really exciting, especially at the height of the revolution of the internet and IT, right? So that was really, uh, in a way, mind-blowing. It was exciting. It was uh, being part of, you know, the change that was happening in the world. So definitely wouldn't change a thing. And after some good 12 years, what made you decide to give that up and start your own business? I think just like many, many mothers out there, after they have their first uh, child, they go through some change, which is very emotional, physical, um, psychological. So with that change, I think um, there's a few women who will be out there like me who would start questioning time. They start questioning purpose. They start questioning what's next. So that really gave me a perspective of the next chapter. So the first chapter was corporate life, uh, being part of something big. And after I had my daughter, I realized that, you know, you have this person who's relying on you and who will need your time. And I realized that if I went back to corporate and stayed there and climbed, you know, the, the ever, uh, ever growing ladder, yeah. I won't mm. have, I won't have that time uh, with her. So yeah. I decided that if, if this is not where I want to be, then I should stop at this point. So that, that makes you brave. I think um, be, becoming a mother makes you very mm. brave in, in many, many ways. And that prompted me to leave, t 
take a two years sabbatical in a way, like two years of reflection, did odd jobs here and there. And eventually that's, you know, the moment that you start to discover what you want to do. And that's how I started Legisaria eventually. Mm, wow. Tell, tell us more about your self-discovery period. Um, like what did you do most days? How do you feel? What did you find out about yourself? Definitely a lot of discoveries of self uh, because there's a lot of time for yourself. Unlike when you're working, you're always busy for somebody, right? Busy for the schedule, for the meetings, for the colleagues, for, um, for the numbers that you have to chase. But suddenly after I left Microsoft, it was just me, Annabelle, housewife, right? Housewife, a mother. And there was a lot of time for self-reflection and it can be lonely because at that time my daughter was one I had a helper who was with me and I used to have you know adult conversations really intelligent ones and suddenly you you see all your friends go by doing the same busyness while you have all the time in the world but using that time you also discover many things that you wanted to do and you discover that, oh, I've got time for baking now. I've got time to exercise every day. So you, you pick yourself up, you look at the opportunity that you have on hand and you get going, you get going, you get discovering, doing all, all sorts of things that I would never do on a normal day because I was busy at work. So I would say that it's lonely, but it is full of discoveries and sometimes being alone and being um, having moments of, of reflection allows you to understand yourself better. And if I didn't have that two-year break, I wouldn't have started Legisaria. So I do recommend, you know, reflective moments, even if it's not a two-year break like mine, even a 10 minutes meditation is your time, right? It, it's your time to rethink what has happened the day before and how you want your day to kind of unfold for the day. So highly recommended. Um, like you said, you started Lajisaria when um, you were done with your self-discovery period that was back in 2013, um, before the healthy eating trend became mainstream. Okay. How did this idea come about? So anything that happens in the States happens very quickly in Manila, back home. So I was pregnant that time I was pregnant with my son. Um, so he's my second child. And the whole revolution of juice cleanses, blueprint, all of this was starting to unfold in the States. And in Manila, you know, a, a couple of entrepreneurs also started the same thing. And when I looked around, I saw that there wasn't really a strong player in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited I wanted to start a company. I started doing my research, all the testing, all the uh, recipes. However, I was pregnant. So I couldn't do the whole juice cleanse where I you know, put myself through uh, several days of just pure juices. Mm -hmm. And instead, husband was the <laughs> was a guinea pig uh -huh. and he was our first client. Um, and really, it was unfolding in manila okay you know what i'm so excited i'm gonna be the first if not at least the most consistent you know once i launch this brand and 
I couldn't wait for my baby to kind of pop out at that time, was pretty excited. And I have put together all, all the formula, the brand, the logo, and I was just waiting to pop and praying that uh, God, you know, I'm not Malaysian. I would love to do this in Malaysia. I want to make Malaysians healthy. Mm-hmm. Do send me some business partners my way so, <laughs> so that I won't do it alone. And, you know, and he did. And, and it just, the universe sent the right people my mm-hmm. way at the right time. So why is it juice among other things? Like what is it about juices that spoke to you personally? Well, the juices are the easy way out for people to take their vegetables and fruits. So if today I gave you a basket of uh, veggies and said, hi, Casilda, here's a basket. And why don't we consume this together right now? And you're going to be like, uh, I'm going to chew all that, you know? So you and you and I both know that this is healthy for you. And we all need our um, array of vegetables uh, per day, right? However, we live in Malaysia. Life is so good. We've got food 24-7 and we're just tempted left and right with, I want coffee. I'm going to get donut. I'm going to eat pasta later, chakwetiao, burgers, And lo and behold, the day keeps unfolding and you realize, oh my gosh, I didn't have my green juice. (laughs) Yes, I didn't have my greens. So the easy way out is really the juices. And it it really made a lot of sense to me that if I couldn't eat the raw greens and normally I would cook it or steam it, but on the juice, it's in its raw form. And if they juiced it pure without any drop of water, just pure vegetables, a little bit of fruits, just to sweeten it and make it acceptable. Why wouldn't that work, right? Why wouldn't that enhance our health and get we, we can get away with the day saying that we, you know, I'm done with my greens for the day and uh, let me enjoy my life and I'm going to have a bit of pasta later on. So it made sense to myself. It made sense to the normal Asian me who lives in KL with good food and haven't been a good girl eating my greens every day. So it made a lot of sense to my family. And I, and this was in 2013, I looked at the statistics and Malaysia was at the highest obesity rate in Southeast Asia, as well as diabetes. So if the fact of the matter is there is a problem of health and health-related issues that can be solved by eating better. Why not juice, right? It's easy to consume. So back to that basket, if I brought it to you, you would struggle to finish it by the end of the interview. But if I gave you a bottle of green juice, which was squeezed out of a basket full of um, green vegetables, and I said, Cassil, look, you got to drink this. Um, And, you know, you could, you could, down the whole thing within a minute and you'll you'll be done for the day, you know, seven vegetables. So it made a lot of sense in terms of adults like us. It made a lot of sense for kids. Like my, at that time, my daughter was already three. Uh, My son, you know, started to drink juices as well. So why not for Malaysians, right? Why not for the people out there? And so that was how it all started. And that's how it kind of grew on its own. And that's why juice is uh, a well-understood theme. I think when I was young, you know, that was many, many years ago, 
juice was already invented. It, it's not a new technology. It's just that the way that they extracted the juice has changed. That was Annabelle you're listening to Foodie Canteen. When we come back, more on what are cold-pressed juices and the secrets to La Juiceria's success. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodie who wants to connect to the world through food, that's where you go. Find Penang Foodie, KL Foodie, Halal Foodie and Singapore Foodie on Instagram. They curate the best spots to eat and drink in their cities. Juices has been around for, I, I would say, I would dare say, you know, a lot, a lot of more than a decade. But the cold press technology came about only maybe a decade ago when they um, when they use it for juice. So this technology has been around. I'm sure they've used it for cold pressing, like, let's say olive oil, right? They don't want the oil to, to be heated. So that way, that method has existed, but they created this for the juices and they realized that if you juice vegetables using the cold press method, there is less oxidation because in our old way of juicing, which was our centrifugal juicer, which is very noisy, very high speed. It kind of burns a little bit of the nutrients that are already in there because of the speed of how it is um, created, you know, how it is created. And so the cold press is the opposite of that, which is literally squeezing the juice out of anything that is a vegetable that could have essence in it. And if your hand could be capable of juicing it out, it would have come out. But, you know, we need special equipment. And these equipments will squeeze it very slowly in a, in a method that has no heat involved. So hence the word cold pressed, there's no heat, it's cold. And then it's pressed instead of really sliced and diced, you know, with a, a, a very sharp item. And they've seen how the, the, the essence or the, the structure of the juice has stayed intact in terms of nutrients much better than the other methods. But just as how we have started eight years ago, I always tell people, if you had a choice, if you could eat the whole fruit, if you could eat the whole vegetable, I think that's a better choice than drinking the juice. However, not everybody will listen to you know the doctor or or you know whatever is written in science that we eat our veggies so if you can't eat it you can drink it how do you ensure the tastiness of the drinks despite them consisting um like you said mostly healthy ingredients a basket of greens that most Malaysians like me had a hard time like chucking it down um and you guys have ingredients that don't necessarily taste good when it's raw like ginger and Turmeric. Yep. And those things are superfoods, right? Those things are what the body is craving for, except that if you ate it raw, I don't think you can chew on a ginger or, you know, maybe some of the old people like chewing on ginger, but bentong ginger is fiery. Turmeric is like staining everywhere. But these ingredients are what has been handed down for generations that has helped, you know, your tummy help digestion. And what we did was we experimented with certain flavors. And I always believe that just like cooking, 
you know, the chefs have magically turned ingredients into something of an elevated form. They've really enhanced it. The juice is the same thing. Working with a couple of nutritionists as well as a bit of R&D and a lot of juice later on, you know, drank a lot of juice. Um, we finally came up with the first six. After the first six, there was a first 12. After the 12, there was 18. So it was really experimenting with what Malaysians um, would accept, would enjoy. And there are several types of people, right? Some who are the hardcore healthy people. They want the really green one with a really low calorie, while the others would be, uh, green's not my color. Uh, I'd try the orange carrot because at least I understand what orange is. And the carrot is sort of hidden um, under the orange flavor. So we've got all types of juices that can accommodate in a way, uh, young, old, um, all kinds of tastes. So that was how we kind of created it to, to allow more and more people to try. So a lot of R&D, a lot of experimenting. Some people might say that juice, juices are just another trend. Um, but La Juiceria has not only managed to stick around, it has grown through the years with multiple outlets. What do you think is the secret? And can you tell us that? The secret, you see, the secret is not so secret because if you did follow a lot of entrepreneurship um, sites on Instagram or books, thousands of books have been written on that. It's very simple. We just keep showing up every day, keep evolving the brand. Um, we keep updating things that we could improve. We keep in touch with customers. We keep innovating the products. Um, and really, I feel like sometimes it's as if, you know, you're like a dog chasing your own tail, right? It's not really about competing with others. Um, when we opened cold press juices, there were several brands that opened. When we opened salad bars, a lot, you know, several brands have opened as well. To me, it's, it's a signal that the, the, the community and the economy is ready for healthy and healthier food. But the real chase is not about what others are doing, but what you are doing as a brand. And having worked for Nokia um, back in, you know, in the days of when Nokia was a king, mm -hmm. it, it only reminds us that a king becomes nothing if you don't innovate. And you could be the number one at any point in time, like Kodak as well. Mm -hmm. But tomorrow, you could be gone. So that is what keeps me up in this, you know, little rounding, rounding of, of, let's say, a dog chasing his tail because you keep chasing innovation. You keep thinking, what can I do better for customers? What can we evolve into? And that's how the juice became food because we noticed a, a couple of people coming to the juice bars and asking for food. And the staff would say uh, to the management don't we have food? Don't we have food? Don't we have food? So by listening to what people were looking for, and it wasn't just one person, it was, you know, you waited for several times. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we experimented and eventually opened our very first um, cafe called Goodness Greens at Tamantun. Yeah. Uh, and this was in 2015. We, we tried. And the first three months of that Goodness Greens, 
was terrible. <laughs> it was it was so bad that you know you could hear literally you could hear the banana rot because people didn't understand the concept at first. So, yeah. but then you said that customers were coming and asking if there's food, there's food, and it's like a proven theory. So you receive this um, what questions and then you turn it into a business, but it still didn't work in the first few months. Why? Because it takes time for people to know and understand the product. So I always encourage people not to give up on the first three months, especially I would say maybe in the first six months, because when you introduce something of a new concept, just like cold pressed juices, it, it wasn't you know like that overnight. It, it took time. And eventually the people who understood it, they kept coming back. And that's how the juices grew. And after you listened that they wanted food, you started to create a, a place where you could have food, but not everybody knows. Not everybody understood what we sold. And of course, as you have created a new product, you also tweak it along the way because we have to be realistic. I'm Asian, you're Asian. We love our rice. We love our carbs. Yes, we do eat salad, you know, every now and then, depending on who you are there. I do know some people who can eat salad every day. I can't, I still have to have my carb fix. Mm -hmm. So we eventually try to understand what customers want and what what we could convey as something healthier as an option. And so after three months of, of quietness and uncertainty, we kept at it. We kept talking about it. We did the marketing. We um, invited people to try. And the fourth, fifth, sixth month after that was amazing after. So sometimes you need patience, you need to make sure that you don't lose that faith that you are doing something great for the community. It's not something that is shameful or illegal. It's, it's look, you want to be healthy, we're going to be here. You want to be healthy, we're going to have a brand. You want to be healthy, we're going to be available for takeaway and for dine-in. So we held on to that and eventually Goodness Greens worked out so well that by the time we opened the second one, we re reconvened and said, if we were going to grow more of these, are we going to call it Goodness Greens? Um, and Goodness Greens was our number one juice. That's why we named it Goodness Greens. And in the end, we said, look, we, we called ourselves superfoods in our in our registration company registration it was registered as Lajusair superfoods but we already thought of it i mean wow. how can we not have how, how can we not have seen it so <laughs> it was like a revelation so mm -hmm. so the, the moment we opened number two and number three we said look we just gotta call it Lajusair superfoods this is this is how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And so we opened number two, number three, number four, number five. And only now in 2021, in the middle of the pandemic, we brought down finally the signboard of Goodness Greens mm -hmm. and we put back up La Super Superfoods. So now all of it is aligned. We have 10 outlets running at this point in time. And yeah, and, and so that's, that's how we evolved. And I don't know how many menus we have changed, yeah. how many new recipes we've introduced, but that's the effect of us trying to keep evolving to ensure we maintain excitement, maintain quality, maintain 
um, getting new people like you, young people, you know, the older people will be look, look, I've got high cholesterol. I'm, <laughs> I, I think I got to eat superfoods, but, but how do I entice people like you, right? Like mm. people who have just come back home from, uh, overseas, young people who just came out from school and joining, um, the new generation of, uh, workers, yeah. uh, and professional workers. So that's, that's what keeps us busy. And how do we stay relevant? I mean, it's been a few years now since 2013. How do you think your thought as a business person has changed like compared to when you were working for big tech companies to um, from a startup to now like 10 outlets across um, Kuala Lumpur? What, what's your thoughts now? As a worker, as a professional worker, you are very proud of working for companies that really stand out and you're proud to give your name card. You're proud to say, I'm part of this group. Um, you're happy to make decisions together with the management. However, the tables change the moment you become Annabelle Legisaria. And at that time, Malay, if, if I gave my card to a Malay, he would say, Laju Cheria. Mm -hmm. If I gave it to a Chinese, they would say, uh, la Jusa, La Jusa, you know, mm -hmm. so, so suddenly it was like, did I, did I name it correctly? Do the Malaysians get it? Um, it, how do I do this? How do I do this? So suddenly there's no confidence in, you know, in the first few, uh, I would say in the first few months, you are finding yourself, you're finding the culture of the company, you're finding the foothold of where you're going to go. Unlike working for the big companies they've sorted that out all you needed to do is report for work i've got the name card that says annabelle and i'm from microsoft i work at the twin towers mm. everyone knew where that was yeah but the moment you create your own thing you are the only number one salesperson of any company you will create so remember that you could hire people, you could have investments from people, and you could have money, but nobody will be a better salesman than yourself, than your partners, than the co-founders, because all of you speak the same language with the same hope, with the same dreams, with the same passion. It will always be within, very different from an employee who you know, they will speak the same language. They may say the same thing, but the thought process might be different. So I try my very best to explain my decision-making to at least my marketing team so that they could understand and make the same decisions the way I do it. Because one day I hope for them that they become entrepreneurs in, a, in their own way, whether as an entrepreneur mindset working for other people or on their own journey, maybe years from now, they become entrepreneurs. I think that showing up to work, really happy to contribute is a big thing. So that's one thing that I've seen across, despite working for big companies and you know having our own little company as a startup, showing up every day with gratitude that I'm going to do this. I'm going to contribute. I'm going to I'm going to make the most out of today because I can do it. So I think if you have gratitude and you have this passion for living life at that moment, right? That, that one day where you could drive to work, listen to your music, contribute in a team, 
do whatever you can because physically you are capable of doing it and ending the day safely at your home. That's more than many people can ask for. So uh, that's something that I would say across working for other people and even working on my own and eventually having our own team show up every day, excited, happy, and looking forward to any new opportunities that can complete and and seize the day. I want to talk a bit about parenthood here. I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but I think most of our listeners are between the age of 22 to 27. So if you're a woman, you're 24 and you have Chinese parents or uh, Malay parents or Indian parents, you're like, hey, when are you getting married? You know, like when you <laughs> are at this family union, um, reunion um, dinners. So I think maybe some of them like myself are working a nine to five and then you're thinking oh maybe I want to start a business and then I will get married and then I'm gonna have a kid before I want to hit 30 like personal <laughs> personal yep. opinions you know so but when you started La Juseria, you um, were pregnant how did you manage to nurture and grow both at the same time during that period one thing I can tell people is that we all have 24 hours in a day both you and me Bill Gates, uh, you know, Mother Teresa, whoever they are, we are all the same. We are humans in this planet Earth with 24 hours in a day. And for mothers, especially for women, young women, um, women at, you know, the crossroads of their life, all I can tell them is that there is no right or wrong time to get married. There is no right or wrong moment to make that decision because the right people or the right man will come into your life, the right moment that you've, you can sense that you want to have children. Um, there are women who are born to, to be alone at the beginning stage and then eventually find the right partner in the end. And there were other women that I knew who had children at a very young age and eventually had, you know, their daughters become like their sisters. So there's really pros and cons in, in every decision that you make. But one thing that's important as women is that you must be conscious in making that decision because not everyone is built to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone is built to be a career woman, but, and not everyone is built to be a homemaker or a mother at home. So motherhood definitely is a whole different level. And if you are not yet there, which means you, Enjoy the moment. That's all I can say. I, I, the freedom, the freedom and the, the life and the magic that you are experiencing at this moment as a, a lady who has all the, you know, all the opportunities is quite magical. So enjoy that moment, right? So every chapter has its own story and you are in, um, you know, a very early chapter and I truly enjoyed my moments. I got married at um, I got married at thirty, so quite a late, you know, bloomer in in terms of getting married. And it was a conscious choice. And having kids a bit later on was also a conscious choice. So I would say that don't force anything, especially I think for somebody like you who already have access to the internet, right? I think the children of today and the adults of today or adolescents have much greater understanding than, you know, during my time. 
all I could do at that time was believe in what my mom said, my auntie, my grandma, uh, my close-knit Catholic community. That was my reality. However, the internet has opened a whole new reality in terms of what others are achieving around the world, what hardships that others are going through just to have what you have today, what opportunities that is out there for women. And I think that opened the eyes of many, many people. So I believe that it's also our time to educate our parents. Uh, they grew up at the time, which is, you know, when information was very enclosed in countries and communities, and they couldn't hear, you know, much news in the at light speed of what we have today. And the world is changing. So I, I really think that the women of today can make better decisions. That that's that's what is a huge difference from my time. You guys have better information and you can make better decisions. Not that I regret anything, but I was just very, very lucky to have made the right decisions at the right time. And so I reiterate that there is no right or wrong. Early marriage, late marriage, no marriage. I think it's everyone having their own path. And that is what's important. Whether it's men or women, I believe that sometimes career comes first and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes business comes much later. So I only discovered, you know, I wanted to do La Jusera at the age of already 36, 37. And right now I'm 45. Uh, and, you know, you start to rethink what's the next decade going to be about. Just as the 20-somethings who are listening to this are thinking, what is going to be my next chapter when I turn 30? And this book is still unfolding. So I really think that women of today, you guys are so lucky. You're very equipped with information and you have a better chance of doing greater things, much greater than what our generation has done. Annabelle, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your story. Um, you are such an inspiration to many young women like us, especially. Um, and you are uh, what you mentioned today about your story and just, you know, let the chapters slowly unfold because I think in this time and age, we are so eager to fast forward everything. The videos we watch, our <laughs> life, like what's next? Like, so sometimes it's just like, you know, be in the present as we are all reminded as we scroll, scroll on our social media pages. Um, yeah, it's just so nice to have you here today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And I think the last thing would be really uh, for women like you that, you know, is a future of this, you know, the future of the world. The most important thing to remember is you are capable. And I always tell myself, I will, I will do it. I will because I can. And when you are reminded of the opportunities that you have, which is scrolling through social media, seeing your friends over coffee, these are all opportunities that you have at hand and don't waste it. You have the opportunity, seize the day and, you know, get up and do something. Don't waste, don't waste the opportunity by just sitting and scrolling. You know, it, it's very tempting, but, um, but go live your life. I think, Technology aids us um, in, in becoming better people, but don't 
allow it to eat up the whole time and live virtually instead of physically. So, yeah, so it's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. As I ended the recording, we both eased into our chairs. With the cameras no longer rolling, Annabelle spoke spontaneously about the rush and the pressure of chasing timelines and milestones. Here's what she said. Really, there's no rush. I, yeah. I think we we always put a timeline to ourselves because we're 26, yeah. close to the 30. Yes. We're 36, close to the 40. You know? uh, so yeah. it's, a, it's a mindset, right? Mm. Um, and it's same. We all have one lifespan and yeah. eventually 24 hours, 24 hours. So it's really up to you. It, and it doesn't mean that if you don't discover it now, you're a failure. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to discover it. And sometimes it takes a really long time. And um, the, the most important thing is you keep trying. Yeah. You, you try this. Oh, you know what? It was great. Didn't really mean much. Move on to the next. Move to the next. So I think the biggest, the biggest mistake of people is failure. Uh, fearing the failure. Yeah. And that's commonly why people go to work. Mm. Uh, work for a safe company. Yeah. There's no failure in that, right? You yeah. go to Microsoft, you earn a big salary. Yeah, You can't define it as failure, but coming out can be a 50-50% chance of failure. So yeah. so yeah, so whatever you're doing is quite exciting. Mm. I think it's something new. It's something that's not a, a typical industry and, and that's your adventure. You have just listened to Annabelle's story on Foodie Canteen. This show is produced by me, your host, Kessel Lim, and co-written by Sulin Chang. Foodie Canteen Podcast is made possible by the excellent team at Good Foodie Media. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Foodie Canteen for more. Follow us for brand new episodes every Friday. Thank you for listening. <laughs>